I'm Kyle. And I'm Jason. And this is Monetize Media. On today's episode, we speak with Miles Beckler of milesbeckler.com. Miles is a thought leader in the online marketing space, having built a lifestyle brand with his wife and a following of hundreds of thousands on YouTube. He gives away deeply tactical advice on everything from SEO to affiliate marketing, a must-have resource if you want to monetize your audience. I personally used Miles' videos when I was learning my own SEO strategy in 2018. Miles has an unbelievable worldview and incredible insights on digital attention, society, and the ways that creators can funnel the attention to create sustainable businesses. Listen now as Miles takes us on a journey from why you must build your email list, how AI dictates our social media use, and what trends he's seeing in short form video. On to the interview. All right. Want to welcome on Miles Beckler, milesbeckler.com. I've always wanted to say that. Miles, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Happy to be here. Thank you so much for joining us. So everyone has just heard a brief intro about your background, but I want to give just a quick synopsis of how you came on the show today. So for listeners of the show know Jason and I you know, kind of made our bones in the sports media and sports betting affiliate opportunity. I had been running my site Crossing Broad for almost a decade, and it was a very naturally organically growing site. And by organic, I mean word of mouth, social media, old school TV, radio appearances in the local market. I never really thought much about SEO, tactical affiliate, any of that stuff. And then sports betting got legalized and I knew that there was a pretty huge opportunity, but I was going to have to get much smarter. This is before Jason and I partnered up. Jason made me even smarter, but I was going to have to get much smarter about the way we thought about SEO for some really highly valuable terms, conversion funnels, and just really the metrics behind being an affiliate. And the summer of 2018, I went on YouTube and started looking up keyword research, how to structure pages for SEO, some tactical affiliate stuff. And I stumbled across your videos, Miles, and spent really three months that summer just in the weeds. I, you did a video called The Trenches recently, in the trenches, learning about SEO and affiliate and the stuff I had to know. And your videos were so invaluable and really, really helped get uh, me and, and by extension, me and Jason to where we are today. And the way I got you on the show was by emailing you to tell you how important that was and how you helped you know, make me a millionaire, literally. So for people, listen to what Miles is about to say, because it can actually make a difference. So Miles, thanks so much. And thanks for your excellent content over the years. For sure, man. And that's the best feedback there is, right? Like, I'm um, sure this is a financially rewarding business that I've built, the brand that I've built here. But hearing these kinds of stories and people hitting those inflection points, making a little decision, a little pivot, and then boom, things can open up. Because the scale that we all have access to today through the web, it's it's astonishing. And most people still don't understand what it means when YouTube has two point something billion monthly active users. Facebook's nearly three billion monthly active users. These numbers don't make any sense. But when you get a few things to click, six figures, seven figures, six figures a month, these numbers are possible for what I would call normal people. You all seem like normal guys. You don't seem like you came out of the VC trenches or from any weird, super hoity-toity kind of backgrounds, right? Like, and I just, I love, I hear it over and over and over and it, it just fills me with joy, man. So thank you for sharing. So give our audience your origin story. What led up to you professionally getting to this interview today? Over a decade of unprofessionally attacking the challenges. So in college, I was doing college radio at a community college in California. And my program director, who was another student, 
he actually was like, I was trying to do the promotions director. And he's like, Miles, I need you in the station more. And I'm like, dude, I got to drive over the bridge. I was in the Bay Area. I was like, I got to mean to work and pay for my car, pay for rent, all that stuff. And he was like, well, let me show you something. And he essentially taught me how to spam MySpace back in 2003. That obviously came crashing down to zero after a about six months, seven months, but I was making a few grand a month. And the whole concept of like make money from internet, like real money from internet became very real in my mind. And then the beliefs started to shift. And oftentimes, you know, when our beliefs are there, it's just a matter of time before we get back to uh, whatever that is. So my wife and I then co-founded a website in 2009. So there were six years of struggle and of trying to figure it out and trying to get something going again before we both kind of co-founded a website in the spirituality and meditation space. It's a WordPress blog. And over the course of five years or so, we published like a thousand keyword targeted search engine optimized posts that that site has now driven over 50 million or somewhere around like 48 million visits to us over the years. And then in 2016, Okay, so we operated that. All I did day-to-day -day operations for seven years was growing that website. And then in 2016, I started teaching everything I know for free on YouTube because I was going to marketing conferences. I was a full-time digital nomad traveling the world, going from conference to conference to conference. So life became kind of deductible. And I was watching these people on stage. And I'm like, A, half of them were saying stuff that was wrong. Okay, they were talking about the way it was. And like, I was just clearly understanding. I was like, these folks aren't in the trenches anymore. These people on stage at these events and a lot of these figureheads and the, the greedy gurus that I now like to call them, they actually have no clue what they're talking about. They're regurgitating things they heard somewhere else. And so I was like, man, I just got to step up. And I kind of wanted to be on stage. So I thought my having a big YouTube channel would be like my portfolio and it would give me the practice. And that's turned into, you know, 30, 40, $50,000 a month. I don't really track it closely, but it does a lot of residual cash flow for me now. 200,000 subscribers took five years and 700 videos. So if there's a pattern in there, it's five years of focused effort on content creation being super strategic, whether it was blogging with my wife or whether it was YouTube, but it's that persistence and that consistency of action over longer period of times with the focus on keywords and optimization seems to be a winning recipe. How do you describe if someone asks you on the street today or, you know, in an elevator, what do you do? What's your like two sentence answer for what you're doing right now? Yeah. So I split test this answer just to see what kind of responses <laughs> I get. Lately, I've been kind of fiddling with the, oh, I'm in e-commerce. We're in e-commerce. Um, even though mostly what we sell is digital and most of what I sell comes through an affiliate, like normies just have no understanding of what we do. I have literally said internet stuff before. And, you know, I'm a professional internet marketer or digital marketer is kind of the, the generic of it. And most people are like, oh, that sounds interesting. And then they're like, oh gosh, look, there's butterflies. And I don't, you know, so normies, it really doesn't like make sense. My wife and I, what we say to each other, we run a digital publishing business. Okay, so like internally, we look at ourselves as a digital publishing business, and we're most similar to what the direct mail guys did in the 1980s. Okay, so in the 1970s, 1980s, they would send out or they would put magazine ads in and it would say, send a self-addressed stamped envelope to here and get your free report. And then you'd send that off and you get a free report and the free report turns out to be a sales letter. And then you read the free report and it's actually good. And then the last of it's like, hey, do you want the home study course? It's 297. And you buy that and then they invite you to their their big event that's four thousand dollars or whatever it is. so we're kind of mimicking that business model so i'm a direct response marketer who runs a digital publishing company would be kind of like for people who are in the know that's about how i would go about it i love split testing that 
And true. You're true to your brand too. That's great. And my wife, you know, we make meditations and her niche is so far down the spirituality rabbit hole. Like it's a very, very small niche in like the angel guided angel meditation space. And I mean, I've been like, oh, we make guided angel meditations and people are, oh, I don't know nothing about that. We just some good Christians around here. And I'm like, well, what does that make me like a bad person? Like, so we, we, I mean, we've tried it all over the years and just, um, I'm fairly well known for just throwing random things out and seeing what bounces off. Cause you might get a laugh. You might get a conversation, you might make a new friend and you might realize quickly that uh, probably not worth talking to those folks. I'm just going to jump into the email list and we're jumping ahead a little, little bit or not, but you know, for years, that was always the approach, you know, grow your email list, grow your email list. And it obviously in, with the, just the massive surge of social, you know, TikTok, everything, that messaging seems to be lost on this new generation coming up. Personally, for me, I love that because I'm with you. The email list works. And if they're not going to focus on it, it's great. Do you feel like you're seeing the same thing? Have you ever been almost persuaded to think maybe my gut here on the email list is true, but I'm going to see what else is out there and try to expand on that? Or is it more or less just a merger of the two? Man, I'm, I'm so 100% focused on list growth right now. You know, as of this recording, what, October 19th, 2022, I'm just aggressively growing my email lists because it's the asset that we control. Okay, so I don't care where attention goes on other platforms. I'm always going to need to be engaged in that at some level because I need to get the attention of new people so I can invite them onto my email list. But in no way, shape or form is my goal ever changing. And it's worthy of breaking that down a tiny bit. My customer list, okay, the email list I have of people who have bought stuff from me is more valuable than my email list of people who said, I want your free ebook, video training, lead magnet, whatever that is. So I do look at them very differently. And operationally within our business, we spend a lot of time crafting new offers, new opt-in offers, new one-time offers that display after the user opts in. And we are meticulous about measuring our cost per lead, cost per customer acquisition. Are the numbers good on this? I've scaled lists to hundreds of thousands of subscribers with one offer that works for a period of time and no offer works forever. And when you find that little magical combination of ad hook idea to a landing page to an offer after that, you can just scale and you know, one in a hundred purchase and those purchases pay for the hundred clicks. Therefore you just got 99 leads for free essentially. And you can just run that sometimes at scale, but you know, the game's changing. So I think social media is I think we can say officially today that social media is dying or it's done. Uh, Zuckerberg just did an interview that just went out. I tweeted it out today where he said that he missed this shift in user behavior. And have you guys played with TikTok much personally? Like, have you engaged with the AI of TikTok and the swipe up, swipe down? I have. Okay. Kyle, have you played with it much? Yeah. To learn it because it, it's not for me. Okay. But. So 100%. It's overwhelming. But what it is, is it's a new thing. Right. So previously, social networking was I hop on to the new social network site and I have an empty feed and I have to go follow people in order for me. I need to go connect. I got to give them access to my contacts because that's what curated the content that I was seeing. So everything up until TikTok ran in that fashion. TikTok brought out an AI. It's an artificial intelligence machine learning that monitors all these micro engagements with a video. And so they're showing you discovery type content. This isn't content from people you follow. It's just, I think you'll like this. I think you'll like this. I think you'll like this. And for users who open it for the first time, it's like, oh my gosh, how to make it stop? Like this thing's singing. It did. Like, I don't know what, I don't want to see this person. And so it can feel overwhelming. But once people train their personal AI on their TikTok, that feed is going to unfortunately turn they, them into a cheap 
dopamine based zombie who just swipes up to watch videos they like and it's something like they like. And now Zuckerberg is executing his only playbook he knows, which is go find what's working for someone else and steal it and integrate it into his networks because that's his business model from day one, uh, stories from Snapchat, et cetera, et cetera. So now we're going to watch, I think in the next few months, Instagram is already so reels focused. Like it's not about sharing pictures anymore. It's already changed. But even the face, the native Facebook app is going to move in this direction. And you see YouTube doing the shorts thing. And there's this whole YouTube shorts feed with vertical video. The other factor that's changed culturally. So back in the day, it was like, if you saw somebody holding their phone like this, taking a video and you're like, hey, dumbass, turn your phone sideways, right? Like nobody watches videos, but now the new apps have the video creation tools and it's easy to operate with one hand in a vertical format, okay? So they give you all the tools, you can do it all vertically. So the creator side in TikTok, again, really led this, made it to where we're now normalizing vertical video content, which means there's billions of hours of content that's getting kind of recreated in a new format. There's all this rush of attention because there's these little stickers and music things they do. So attention is rushing there. The tools are getting better there for creators, which means billions of people are going to be, you know, zombified by this new kind of thing that's out there. And Miles Beckler and his, you know, digital media business will be on there with advertisements in between all that organic content that's getting all of the attention, working to get people off of TikTok onto download an MP3 guided meditation so they can chill the out, put in headphones, lay down and reset their like nervous system. And that's my like big mission, right? If I can help a million people a month get off of these crazy algorithms and pop in headphones and meditate and go to a more peaceful place and raise their vibration, I think the world's going to be a little bit better of a place. Uh, their families will feel better. Their communities might do better. They might get up and clean their house instead of scrolling and scrolling and scrolling. And I think that's just better for the world. So that's kind of what drives me to this day still. So there's a lot there. Sorry. So I get a lot of questions off of this. Yeah, I do that. <laughs> I might be jumping around here too, but I've heard you talk about, I've heard you mention Gary V's jab, 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 right hook and give, 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 and then give someone an ask. And I'm trying not to come up with a convoluted question here, but some of the social platforms do give you the platform to do the giving, right? And I think you've probably used YouTube the best. And YouTube, at least until now, has kind of been from my view, the furthest away from just the gimmicks of all the other social media platforms, because you could get in the weeds and create a 30 minute video that had true quality and wasn't just playing to an algorithm and could answer a question someone had. So how can, I'm thinking about our audience here, where they are people trying to create you know, media businesses or influencers trying to create a more sustainable business beyond just taking the Instagram, you know, easy payment they're going to get. So talk about how people can use these platforms and algorithms as very top of funnel awareness to do some of that, the jabs, right? And then bring people, get into the weeds a little bit about how they can use that to bring people into a funnel or even over to another platform. If you want to just, you don't want to have a concentration on TikTok and you want to have people not only your email list, but listen to your podcast or subscribe to your YouTube channel. How could people best leverage that to their advantage? 100% agree. And this is the challenge we live in today. And you get a mix with that, that culturally it appears 
people's attention spans somehow are getting shorter and shorter as if they weren't short in 2019, right? So everything's kind of getting bite-sized down. And you've surely seen some of my videos that run literally two hours of length where I'm like, this is an SEO training and you're getting it all today, right? And the fire hose turns on and I teach people everything top to bottom. And the algorithm kind of so, so kind of sort of likes it, kind of sort of doesn't, right? It's a crapshoot. I put up one video. I'm not redoing that video. I'm not going to remake that video over and over until I find the combination that the algorithm likes, which is why I did 700 videos over the course of five years. Uh, so long form content has a place because there are learners like you, you found my stuff. And you're like, God, thank God, somebody's finally teaching me the real stuff. So we need to have some library of long form content that establishes our authority and our credibility within our space. Right. When you went through a few of my videos, who knows how many it took, but at some point you were like video two, three, maybe video seven. You're like, dude, this dude's different. This guy's really true. He's different than everyone else in this space. And at that point, I had won. Okay, so that was the moment that really was the moment that led us all the way down this crazy cool path to this point here. So we need that library of useful content somewhere within our business. You can gate it behind an opt-in. It could be a 30-day challenge. But then you need to have the awareness level of content that sits above that. And we need to go fishing where the fish are. We need to get in front of that pool and you have to learn the platform. So I'm right now against my will, not enjoying it terribly too much. I'm doing some YouTube shorts challenges. I'm learning how to create vertical video with these new tools because I see YouTube's doing it, TikTok's doing it, Instagram's doing it, and I guarantee you it's gonna be Facebook pretty soon here. So I'm learning this new thing. I'm going where the attention is, another kind of Gary Vaynerchuk style concept, but I'm doing it because A, I'm already kind of good on video and B, all my stuff's already on video. For someone who's a hardcore blogger in the lightning network layer on Bitcoin space, which is a very niche and geeky space, they would probably be writing blog posts and then they would be on Twitter engaging with the Twitter sphere because that's where a lot of the day-to-day -day engagement is. And they would be attempting to get people from Twitter to their longer form stuff. And then their longer form stuff may promote their Substack on the back end with a free Substack issue, or they might have something else for them. And it's just, again, it's thinking of that funnel based structure. And I just want to be in front of attention. So my whole intentions with this to be perfectly transparent, I want to do enough of these verticals to learn how to make really good vertical content so I can make a kick ass vertical ad or two and then I'm done. Right. Because once I get the same process that we've been talking about, once I get the ad to the landing page, once I find that magic combination, bingo, I can just run that and I can scale that a lot farther than me hitting the feeder bar day in, day out, day in, day out on vertical video. But I can't just go take what I did on a horizontal video or on an image based Facebook ad that worked because if they just don't pour it over, it's literally it's a different user interface. It's a different user experience. Um, what works and what doesn't on on these shorts is already like, what, that worked? Like, why did that work? So I'm learning about the platform, the user behavior, what seems to trend, what doesn't, what gets good engagement. I'm looking at all my micro engagement numbers while thinking up hooks and testing new ad ideas, again, with the same goal of, hey, if you want my free thing. And so for people who are listening, my free thing is essentially me taking users on a journey through my videos on YouTube. So they opt in, they get a free course. It's the seven steps to build an affiliate marketing business. And that really is just some text that weaves them through all of those videos that I already published. 
So I'm repurposing that free library that's freely out there. The algorithm is bringing people to me with that. But I can also go out on TikTok and find people who can come in and they've never seen a YouTube video before, potentially. And then they can get access to all of those in a very logical procession with the goal of helping them kind of have that aha moment of like, ah, this guy's different sooner. Does that make sense? It does. I wanted to make one point. You brought up attention, right? And I just, that thing is good for the audience. I'm reading a book right now. I'm actually going to hold it up so you can see it here. It's called Stolen Focus. Uh, and it, it, was, it came out last year. It's by uh, Johan Hari. And it's all about basically at the societal level, how these algorithms have changed, you know, changed the brain chemistry of, of humanity. And it makes it very difficult for just humanity at large to concentrate or go deep on anything. Uh, so it's a very worthwhile book. If you're interested in this concept, it's back you know, each chapter takes you through a different study that kind of works through this. So it's, it's really fascinating and frankly, somewhat scary to see the, the degree to which we've been altered by these little devices. Have you read the book Habits of a Happy Brain? I've heard of it. I've not read it, but... Ooh, back it up with that one. So it goes through the four brain chemicals, uh, dopamine, serotonin, and it looks at like, so everyone's getting, we need these things. We need these brain chemicals. They come from the day when we were hunter gatherers and you find a blueberry bush that's full of blueberries, boom, the dopamine spike hits. It feels great internally. And now we know we want to keep looking for these blueberry bushes. It, it used to help us survive when life looked very different. But today it's just being, we're being manipulated for our brain chemistry. And a lot of people are at fault. They're doing everything because of brain chemistry and brainwave states, and they have absolutely no clue. When we're done, would you message me the title of that book? I don't want to look for a pen and write it down, but I would love to read that. And for everyone who's listening, this is super important, right? There's there's always metagames, and we're attempting to talk about a metagame from a technical standpoint about, you know, where's attention and how do I get users on a list and is the list still the place to go to? So that's like business metagame. But within that, every human being creators included, right? Us and our audience are all now engaged in this like brain chemical warfare that we've never dealt with before from these huge mega corporations that are making, I mean, just tens, if not hundreds of billions of dollars, right? They were, some of them were valued at trillions of dollars for periods of time because of these dopamine machines and the dopamine apps that run on these dopamine machines. And like the scientific data of quality of life, if you get addicted to cheap dopamine, it's, it's sketchy, right? It, it can create a very addictive personality. So it's something we need to be aware of as creators because we're consciously like getting on that dragon. It's like, I'm going to ride that dragon. I'm going to ride that dragon to, you know, where it grows an email list for me, but create a burnout. The emotional experience of that is heightened when you leave the blog, when you get onto the platforms where anyone on an anonymous account can say anything they want. The phone is the cigarette of this generation. And unfortunately, oh yeah, for good reason, quote, good reason, we are not seeing the studies that are of how it's impacting, especially the younger one. My son's 13. And you know, so he's known nothing but a screen. And he's a TikTok native probably, right? Like to him, TikTok probably makes sense. Absolutely. We have a friend of the family who is like a family therapist person. And you know, he doesn't give me any patient information, but he just says, you will not believe how backed up we are with all of these teenagers that are coming in. And I'm sure COVID certainly played a role, but this is the core issue right here. So it, the data runs sketchily. The data goes all the way to suicide rates for young girls, for, you know, the, these new demographics they're seeing, like literally their lifespans are fucking changing. Like, oh gosh, like maybe we should pump the brakes. And then, so, uh, you know, I, I'm not a parent, so I have no clue, but 
I have family members who are like, yeah, we're doing no screens with our kids. And you know that they're over there doubting, like, am I like getting my kid to miss out on this level of understanding of how to use the tools that everyone in our world uses right now? And am I, am I actually setting my child up for a disadvantage on one side because I'm trying to nurture them for something else? Over oh my gosh, like it, it becomes an impossible decision. But it's, this is why I love reading the books like Habits of a Happy Brain and these other ones, because it's the information's out there. It's just not readily circulated because if everybody knew it, no one, like we would have to do something about this and these huge trillion dollar corporations would come down, it would take down our freaking economy type thing. So it's, it's a very unique catch 22 we found ourselves in. So to take it from the heavy back to the, the tactical, which is a difficult transition. <laughs> on a brighter note. But so, but you talked about short form videos and, you know, regardless, you know, we can talk about it all we want. That attention's going to be there. And I have two questions. Uh, what are you seeing that works on those videos that, again, that you're using to get people off of those platforms? You know, so what are you seeing just in general that's working? And are you noticing that, you know, I think podcasting is such an intimate medium because someone listening to this, they're going to spend an hour listening to the show. And, you know, we're all going to develop, you know, some deep tentacles into that brain, you know, and have a more quality conversation. I would say YouTube, a long form YouTube video, you know, I, I would spend 30, 45 minutes watching your videos. And, you know, I was like, okay, I jive with this guy and I drink what he's selling. I don't know, that's not the right phrase. Are you seeing that it's harder to get that sort of allegiance and stickiness with an audience where they're seeing you for maybe 12, 13 seconds or, or if you're just using Twitter because, you know, they have more fleeting encounters with you? Yeah, very much so. And so I would separate this out of a search based approach versus a kind of like social or interruption based approach because these feeds are working based everything's an interruption every time they swipe up which is the motion to get the give me the next video give me the next dopamine hit right up 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 every time they do that and on youtube it's a minimum of one minute so my format attempt that i'm working with is very rough it's like a hook so something that grabs their curiosity, that piques their curiosity right away. And then it's teach them something. So I still, I'm an educator first and foremost. I will always lead and try to do education. So yesterday I did a video about my shop where I parked my little camper van and I needed to insulate it. So I taught about the theory of constraints, which is really helpful in business. So it, it was, it was a way to kind of take what I'm doing in my life, show a side of my life, hook them in, get them to learn something that could possibly help them. Generally, I'd want to do a call to action at the end, whether it's subscribe, watch more, follow for more videos, or go get my free thing at milesbeckler.com forward slash free. So it's pretty much hook, teach them something, call to action is the framework that I'm shooting for. That's what I believe will work really, really well with an advertisement. It still gives us the ability to get those jabs in, but they're just tiny, right? They're just morsels of information at best. Whereas when someone searches, someone sits down and they're like, how to structure a SEO silo, which is a very geeky way of structuring pages and posts to leverage and increase your authority. And they find my video sitting up top they're already like, ooh, okay, so YouTube chose this guy. So I have some sort of like leveraged credibility from the platform itself. Same is true on Google. If somebody searches it and finds your blog, I mean, oh, Google thinks this is the best one. Clearly, that's the best one, which is why the first search result gets like 50% or so, 45% of clicks. So you get this leveraged credibility when you're working on these search platforms, but there's always a ceiling to the amount of traffic you can get from search because there's just flat out, only this many people who know what challenge they're attempting to solve. Most people in their life are dealing with discomfort 
which is often a lack of dopamine, right, from these books and these ideas. And they're just like looking for something to make them feel a little bit better. And we need to like, and so there's billions of people actively doing that stuff. And then there's like 3,000 people a month looking for how to build a SEO silo. And you can play the game from both sides. You can play the game from either side. But the market on the potential size of the market on that kind of like normie side of things is enormous. I mean, that's that's where you could build, that's where the eight-figure brands come from. That's where, and I've looked at recently, thinking about kind of maybe doing a supplement company. I've been researching like coffee additives. I'm drinking coffee right now. I do some weird bulletproof mushroom-filled brain. Again, it's, it's all brain food in the morning is what I do. So it's kind of like if I can somehow transition to a product that everyone want to purchase, which is like Gary Halbert. He cracked that code. If you've studied him at all with his coat of arms offer that I think they mailed like 800 million times. So it's, it's just different business models. And at this point in my career, I'm kind of just like looking for intellectual challenges. Again, you could tie it back to brain chemistry, right? I like to challenge myself. I like to stay engaged with what's going on. So it's it's almost like I'm playing a different game. I don't necessarily need this to work. I don't need this for the money. I have my YouTube channel that brings subscribers and it runs, it works. I have my wife's blog that one runs, it works. It, they do seven figures per year between them. So I'm just kind of like fiddling around like an old school direct response marketer on these new platforms playing the games. And I think that if you have something that's super niche, and super targeted, always go the search. I think you need to build that search library first. There's so much potential because if they're looking for you, if they're looking for the solutions you provide, then what are you doing on TikTok doing lip syncing, right? Like just make sure you give them what they're looking for on the platforms that they're actively searching for. And once you have that body of work completed, that's when you're like, okay, now how do I get more people to come here? Because again, there's a limit to how many that you'll get from the search algorithm. One of the things this book, Stolen Focus, talks about is actually be, someone has studied flow states. And when you're so concentrated on something that you're getting something out of it, and one, they discovered there's three tenets. You set yourself a goal. So you have a very clear goal that you're doing. I believe you minimize distractions. And the third one was doing something just at the edges of your abilities. And it's almost like what you described with like you're doing. Like, hey, I know I could, I got my funnel here. I got my blog here. That's not as intellectually stimulating for me anymore. Now I'm going to go try something that leverages my abilities. But now, you know, you want to find a product, you want to find a supplement. And that's a little bit new to you. And that's how people sort of achieve like this, I don't know, euphoria is the right word, but they're able to actually concentrate if you're pushing yourself just a little bit. In the zone. Yeah. Right. Get in the zone. And for me, the, another layer of what I look at is, so in my industry specifically, the internet marketing space, there's a lot of shady people. There's people who they, they wrap up BS and they sell it for 1997 with these super high pressure phone sales. There's a lot of shady stuff going on. And I am also working to make sure that that next generation whose attention is over there, I'm trying to make sure that they know that there are some level-headed people who have walked that long journey and I'm willing to tell you how it is. So I say years, not months, a lot on my shorts, right? Because I think a lot of people think, oh, I'll make money online. I can go do this passive income thing, click a button six times and in 30 days, I'll be making 10 grand a month passive income. I'll go live on a beach. And it's like, whoa, buddy. Like, whoa, years, not months. So it, it does give me the opportunity to start to plant seeds with that next generation. And as a avid gardener, I've got like 30 fruit trees. I have a very large permaculture project here on my property. You might plant seeds and you might not see fruit from that tree for two or three or four years. And I've, I've kind of mastered this ability to delay gratification. And I think the great entrepreneurs have that, the ability to delay gratification. And that's another kind of 
angle of what I'm doing. And when you break it down to all those different layers, it kind of makes sense and it'd be, it'd be rude not to. It, it does take me like nine minutes to make one of these things. You said you were on one of your videos, a recovering opportunity seeker and basically how you tried and failed at businesses. So you were kind of touching on that now. Talk about why that's important. You know, we always joke that we just press buttons till we find one that works and then we just keep pounding at it until it stops working. So talk about that. And then talk about, you mentioned years, the compounding of efforts, right? It's not the first 10 videos you make, but it's the sum total of, of everything that's out there giving you just that little bit of lift and how that, you know, people have their struggle to get their heads around like compound growth. But I think in content, it's a very real thing. Yeah. And so one way I heard it succinctly wrapped up was test till you find something that works and then scale till it breaks. And so I knew early that I've called myself psychologically unemployable. I was a customer support representative, so I got paid to get yelled at on the phone. I was somehow good at that because I wouldn't yell back at people, I guess. And I hated it. I just, I absolutely hated it. So I knew that I had to break free. And then I had that experience where my the co-student uh, taught me how to make money online. So I knew beyond a shadow of a doubt that this stuff was real, that, that you actually can make real money online. And from there, I went down the path of marketing, MLM, just these kinds of like, I call them me too marketing scheme, where like, oh, it's an internet marketing training platform. And if you buy in, you'll get big commissions. And then you go get other people to buy into the same thing that you bought into. And you didn't see funnel softwares doing the same thing where, you know, 30 or 40% of the funnel software users aren't using this, the funnel at all. They're just signed up so they can promote the funnel software. And it becomes this really kind of incestuous, like MLM type thing. And I was all in because of the hype. I was just literally like, I got the dopamine, I got the brain chemistry, I had the cash flow coming in, it dried up. And that left me so depressed and so externalizing everything and chasing. I wasn't skill building. I thought it was, there's something out there. And if I can find that right thing that's out there, right? Opportunity seeker. So my day-to-day -day actions were focused much more about consuming content, looking for the secret right? Because everybody promises there's traffic secrets and funnel secrets and these secrets and book secrets and those secrets. And they're actually all stolen from copywriters of yesteryear who were doing this stuff with karate secrets and things like that when you really get down to the roots. So there are these buzzwords and these catchphrases that draw people in. They lead us to think there's a shortcut. But the truth is, the shortcut is just to work on one thing for like three years consecutively, like daily putting in effort, daily laying a brick. I love the brick layer kind of concept, brick by brick. I had the pleasure of living in Mexico. I've lived in Mexico for almost two years and I've watched many buildings get built brick by brick by brick. And it just takes time and it takes effort. And in the early phases, it really doesn't look like there's anything going on. Seth Godin, I think he calls this the dip right? So you're in, in the first moment, you're like, oh, I'm going to do a new project. And you buy that, that domain name and here comes the dopamine. Like, all right, we got something new. So you get this brain chemistry boost, you get this early energy boost, but then, you know, three days later, when you're trying to write blog post number four, it starts to feel like work. And then you look forward and you're like, man, this is daunting. Like he told me years of this, like, oh no, this is, right back to, I need dopamine. I, there's gotta be a shortcut. Let me go, let me go see what guru boy is slanging today. Maybe his next 1997 product will actually be the one that has some secret inside of it. And so I went through that process over and over and over for years from like 03 till about 09 until I was so down in the dumps. 
sold my car, sold my wife's car. We had to move back in with my parents because I was just pumping money into these me too marketing schemes, just drinking the Kool-Aid. Like, oh, they told me to go to the, the annual conference. Okay, we can't afford it, but we'll go. Had to move back in with my parents. And finally, we kind of were just like, what the are we doing? And the only thing that felt good in our life was meditating. It was like the only thing we every day in the afternoon still do it daily to this day in the afternoon after lunch, uh, I do a little qigong and then I go up and I meditate. And that's the only thing that felt good. And it's like, well, if that works for us, it was during the global financial crisis, maybe that'll help other people. And that was when we laid our first brick. And then we were like, well, we don't know that much about it. Let's just go figure it out. What are they looking for? Keywords. Well, what do they want? Well, you just go research it. You can go to the library and research answers. Like there's a million and one ways to come up with the answer to help people get what they're searching for. And then we started to find that we could get positive dopamines from publishing. And when we started to link our feeling of accomplishment with doing the work, highly recommend Stephen Pressfield for people who are in the trenches and doing the work. His book, The War of Art, Turning Pro, all of his books, they'll just keep you going because it is a lot like slogging through the mud. It doesn't feel like you're going anywhere. It doesn't feel like you're making any progress. It is absolutely not a grease slide with a tailwind. But then when you get far enough into the S-curve, the, the magic does happen. So on my YouTube channel, I did 120 videos in 120 consecutive days. And that was to force myself to change beliefs and become a creator. At that point, I had 450 subscribers. Now, most people look at this and they think, oh my God, four months of effort and you only had 450 subscribers and you knew what you were doing, right? This was after I had already built a really successful brand. But what I really knew in that moment was that I was just starting to get to the doubling, okay? And if you take the penny that doubles every day, it's a penny, then it's two, then it's four pennies, then eight pennies. By the end of 30 days, it's like $3 million. Learn that from an MLM meeting, an opportunity meeting. So well, some of that stuff helped out. But then my YouTube channel went from month over month, it went from 400 to 1500 to 3000 to 6000 to 12,000 to 20,000 to 40,000 subscribers. And within a year of that four month mark, it was literally 20,000. I was making 10, 20 grand a month. And most people quit when they see 450 subscribers from 400 or from uh, 120 videos in 120 days from four months of, of brutal work. And like, learning how to delay gratification is what gets you into that kind of growth curve because all 120 videos were bringing in new subscribers and new viewers while I was publishing video 137. And now that I have 700 videos on my channel, when I post video 701, I'm still getting the accrued value from all my old videos that were each targeted to rank for a specific keyword phrase and now I'm getting the kind of like accumulation of all those efforts at once here. And this is, again, why I love focusing on search. You don't get that on social. The moment you stop, the moment the TikTok game is up, your numbers are going to start to decline very quickly. You actually don't get as much compounding results, but you might get a bigger spike. And so it's kind of a risk, right? Some people like that. They're like, dude, I want to hit. I want to go for the viral hit. I want to get the big spike. I'll grow the list once. Boom. And then I can just live off of my 100,000 subscriber list pretty much forever, which I think you can do if you get your list to a large enough size. Like that can be your business pretty much forever. And other people are like, ah, I'm going to go brick by brick and build something that's long-term useful. I'm going to optimize it in a way that it stays relevant for a long period of time. So I can just keep laying bricks and get value from those earlier bricks that I laid. Speaking of numbers, and obviously not looking for specific numbers, but we would love to give our audience an idea of 
how you monetize and maybe like a percentage. You know, hey, like, you know, I see a certain percentage from speaking opportunities. I see a certain percentage from this part of the affiliate funnel. Could you give our audience an idea of how that breakdown is? Absolutely. So on Wifey's brand, we'll call it just to separate. So 80% of our revenue comes from products that we create. Okay. So we create MP3s, we create video trainings, we sell digital information products, and we have a membership program. So some people are, they like it so much. They're like, I just want to pay you every month and get everything. And we're like, absolutely. Right. Recurring again, compounding results. So that's 80% of our revenue comes from that. I love that business model when it's something you can create relatively easily, which these MP3s are very easy for us to create at this point in time. We have audio engineers and we just have a, a really good process around very low effort, very high margins. We sell them for 17 bucks and I keep like $16 of the $17 for every one that we sell. Then on the Miles Beckler brand, 80% is from affiliate revenue. I do no ads on my YouTube channel. I think the ad-based model is annoying. I really do want my videos to be a resource for anyone, not just people who can pay for YouTube premium and not have ads. And I don't want them to get distracted by greedy gurus with these pitches that I've been kind of complaining about already. So I put my money where my mouth is and I'm probably missing out on seven or $8,000 per month in ad revenue. But I do that to really make sure their attention stays focused on them getting what they want because I do recommend hosting, WordPress themes, I recommend keyword research tools, and that's where I make my money. So I surveyed the landscape when I started, and I was like, okay, everyone's selling high ticket products. If you can't be better in a market, be different. And that was like, how do I differentiate myself? I was like, you know what? I know more than these guys anyways. I, I'll just teach better than what's in their courses because eventually you're gonna need a funnel software. Eventually you're gonna need a landing page builder. Eventually you're gonna need some tools and I'll just be the guy to connect them with the tools. And so on the Miles Beckler brand, 80% plus of, I mean, it probably is closer to 95% of my revenue comes directly from affiliate stuff. And I would say of that 80%, the next 80% of that revenue is from software. Because like in our game, there's just things that people need, whether it's hosting uh, themes or keyword research tools. Is there one product that's been jumping out at you or you feel as if, you know, is kind of an emerging one that you're able to gain on referrals for? So AI is right. There's this, this kind of AI revolution going on right now. So there's AI imagery. I've spent an exorbitant amount of money on stock photos over the years. And now there's this new AI 20 bucks a month thing that can kind of like maybe create weird images instead that, that you own the right to. So that's one area that's been doing well. And then the GPT-3 is the text-based AI. And there's a lot of arguments on can that thing create good content, but what it is, is it, it's an amazing research tool right now. So if you're in the sewing space and you don't, you're maybe like just, you know, that much about sewing, well, the AI has read 580 terabytes worth of information and the AI knows more about sewing than you do. So you can learn to ping the AI and you can get your outlines done really quickly and you can get some better headlines. It can kind of spice up flat copy because a lot of people when they start writing they're writing really flat copy it's very boring there's not very good persuasion built in and you can just go put your content in and you can have it rewrite it with and it's like who do you want it to sound like you put dan kennedy who's an old school direct response marketer and all of a sudden it comes out and it's like oh my god it's got some like spice to it and i think ai is one of the newer more interesting ones video creation tools what's the image tool we were just talking about this yesterday is it dolly or is it something else there's a bunch of them uh, so Jasper has one as well, which is the AI tool that I've been using the most, but there are some standoff Wally. They're coming. That's what I, so when you see the VCs all getting behind their chosen one and like Jasper just took on $125 million seed round, they did around and that was at a billion dollar valuation. And like, they're like two years old. 
I don't know if that's a good sign or a bad sign, but it's a hell of a payday. And you have these all listed. These are listed on like a resource page for you too. Sorry, uh, but what it, what it does is it shows the Silicon Valley world is jumping behind in our market right now where, where VC money is a little bit slower to move right now than it's been for a very long time. They're piling in on these kinds of things. So people smarter than me are voting with their big bank accounts that this is the future is kind of my take on it. Sorry for interrupting. All right. So I want to be mindful of your time. We only got a, a minute here left. So I just want to ask you one last one before getting some of the plugs in. And maybe you just sort of touched on this, but besides, you know, the tried and true method of just growing a list and owning it, what are you most bullish about? You know, either what you're doing or what you're seeing, because, you know, I want our audience to have a takeaway. We have a lot of people that have a crowd and we want them to think more strategically about owning that crowd in the future and then able to monetize it and have a sustainable business. So in that framework, what would you be most bullish about or how would you advise someone who's got a blog or a podcast that maybe they're just selling ads today? Grow your list. It's email list it, and it's no joke and it's grow your list. I'm on Twitter all the time with there's this niche site Twitter people and they're all doing the just for ads. And I'm like, yo, you're giving yourself one chance to make money off of that person. Like they show up and if they leave, oh, I made money because the ad displayed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, if you help that person. Okay, so let's flip this around. That's the technical jargon way. I'm bullish on helping people get what they're searching for. Our world is challenged in ways right now that are incomprehensible. And people are out there like, oh, but that niche is saturated. The weight loss niche is saturated. Go walk through your mall and notice how many people are big. It ain't working. So all the influencers in the weight loss space ain't doing it right. Our world needs help. And it's through everything. It's mental help. It's addiction help. Like you can look at the amount of people, like the opioid crisis of going, like our world is pleading for people to help. And individuals like y'all, like me, like my wife, like our friends, like we can just step up and start helping. And like, I'm on a Logitech webcam. I'm in my basement, right? I tried to make something kind of pretty behind me in a basement. And I'm just pouring my heart and soul into my webcam with a microphone. And it started by just pouring it into my cell phone, right? Because everyone's got these. My whole YouTube channel was built on a, this is a five-year-old non-flagship phone. I ain't got no fancy eye, nothing in this. I ain't no Macintosh, no, nothing fancy. I'm pouring my heart and soul into content to try to help people, which feels like me pouring my heart and soul into a webcam. And when you do that strategically, you can build this thing called an email list. And that email list can literally provide cash flow on demand like a faucet for the rest of your life. And it could be enough money for you to live the lifestyle I live today. I was like, oh, 10 grand a month dreams. Man, we've been blowing 100 grand a month out the water for a long time. And it boggles my mind. I can donate so much money to causes that I care about. I said my parents, they were like, oh, inflation. I don't know if we're going to take that trip. Mom, dad, here's 10 grand. Go book the trip, get the kayaks. I don't care. Keep going. Y'all, you know, and like that freedom to be able to do that. So like I'm bullish on humanity and I'm bullish on indie creators stepping up and finding that thing that's in them. And it's usually the awkward thing. Like my wife with the angel meditations, like most people are like, oh, that's weird. And it's like, well, but we really like it. So we're going to put it out for the world. And it turns out 48 million people have been to that. You know, it turns out people love and we're actually helping those people. And we're like, it's unlocking prosperity on levels that have been kind of mind boggling. 
And I just, I'm bullish on people realizing this, that they can go geek out on that niche thing they want, whether it's virtual SIM car racing, and they can really go all in on their passions and they can share with other people and they can put out content that helps other people. They can build pathways through email to help those people go even deeper. They can become, I mean, thousandaires, millionaires on that path. And it makes our world a little bit better of a place. So I think we together have a system that actually can help fix the world on many levels. Creators who are on this path, like inflation, like, I mean, how are y'all feeling with inflation? Does it really mess with you in your life at all? A tad. <laughs> a tad. Like I go to the grocery store and like I said, my coffee, I put all those collagens and all this stuff. I spent like 500 bucks at my natural food store on accident. And I was like, oh shit, that was $500. Like, okay, I don't care. I noticed it, but I don't care. And I want more people to bridge into that. And when, when people link brain chemistry level, right, I get good brain chemistry. When I show up and help others, I create content that comes from the sole purpose from the heart of actually helping my people get what they want man, our world becomes a better place and you can become a more prosperous person and then you can donate, you can become an economic engine for your community. Fuck, we need that. It's coming. We need more people to step up. And I think that, I don't know, somehow in all of this mess, I, I feel very excited about everything. Yeah, you're talking to guys who just sold their business. So kind of just seeing that 8% haircut right off the top in inflation. But it's forced us down to double back and say, okay, now we need to grow a cash flow business where we're we're back in the game of not having the care because we got a sustainable audience and list and and so on and so forth. Miles, I think it's a great spot to end on. That was, you know, both tactical and motivational where we ended. Someday would love to have you back to dig into just any one of these specific topics because I think so much of our audience doesn't really think, I shouldn't say this, cast a blanket over the audience, but we want people to think strategically about the content they're putting out and what the end goal is. And everything you've put out that I've consumed helps people walk through that, be it search, be it affiliate, be it funnel. So please plug everywhere that somebody can find you, where you want them to find you. And if you want them to take that action, then plug away on the action too. I was blessed with a unique name. So I'm the only Miles Beckler in the world. So you can just search Miles Beckler. You'll find me. My long form content's on YouTube. If you want to chat and say, hey, on Twitter, I like goofing off on Twitter. I read a lot about Bitcoin and all that stuff, which is happening there. And what do you say sometime around the new year, we can start something off with some tactical stuff around the new year and get people kind of going in the right direction then. That'd be great. We'd love it. Miles, thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks, guys. All right. So that was Miles Beckler, milesbeckler.com. Jason, I'm not even sure where to, where to pick up. That was something. He's a force. I would say he's like a this was like Star Wars, you know, he's on the good side of the fence for him to use his talents on the negative side of the fence. <laughs> his energy is contagious. I could not imagine uh, working with him on something. I mean, I feel like you would just want to run through walls to make it be a success. I feel like we could probably have him on four or five more times and still not be able to kind of get to certain things that we know would be so helpful because so much of it is just, there's so much there with him being essentially trying to monetize and successfully monetizing an audience since 2003. So that breadth of knowledge is so deep. And we talk about this a lot. One of the goals on this podcast is to try and provide the information so our audience does not make the same mistakes that we have made or some other people have made. And I think his ability there is just like an endless amount of knowledge to just make that learning curve shorter and be able to get to what your true goal is that much faster. Yeah. And it's the perfect story because they, him and his wife built this business around meditation 
And now he's applying those learnings to, you know, not only educating other people, but turning that into a monetizable venture as well. You know, and this one I feel like was so different than our typical interview. Typically we take someone who's working on, you know, a specific brand, a specific audience, a specific project, deep diving into what they're doing, kind of discussing what works, what doesn't. And then us giving some feedback and learning from other people's playbook. You know, Miles is like a level beyond that, to your point. You know, he's now reached a level of the force. He's done it. He's done it successfully. And now he's, you know, he's imparting back that knowledge. But I think this is so useful. There's so much there, to your point, that anyone can apply any of those nuggets he dropped to their business. And I would definitely encourage people to check out his website. You can find all the links there at milesbeckler.com. Look them up on YouTube. But whether it's you want to know more how to be good and strategic at SEO, whether you really want to attack the affiliate side of your audience and understand a way to do that systematically, he's so good. He will draw it out, how to set up your keyword structure, then your landing page, how to capture the email. And it doesn't just need to be a, a funnel where you're selling products. It could be, you know, where you're selling informational products. It could be just more traditional affiliate where you have, you know, take our last guest who was in, you know, the dog space, right? And you're just being an affiliate for dog leashes, right? You could just post those on the site and see what money comes, or you could set up a really systematic way Way about capturing these people beyond just, you know, the fleeting audience. And he talked, I really liked that he went into the part about intent. You know, when there's search intent, you're looking for info. And on social, it's passive intent and you need to capture info. If I had one takeaway from that, it would be writing that on my desk that when I'm creating a piece of content, what headspace is the, the person who's consuming it in? This podcast, they're seeking out the info. But when we post a takeaway on social, we need to get their attention because at that moment, they're probably not looking for the info. And just knowing that is so important. And then him giving the psychological underpinnings behind what drives all of this is so important. The book he mentioned, uh, the book I mentioned, Stolen Focus, because everything in the ecosystem we're talking about, about on monetized media, about an audience is playing on one of these platforms to some extent. And it's all underpinned by, it is a psychological thing. These apps have been designed to capture our attention in a certain way. And once you understand that, you could frankly learn how to better use them to your advantage, if nothing else. And also the downsides of them. This will sound weird, but like the the vision in my head when he was kind of talking about you know, using TikTok or a social platform, but then having that be where you then lead them to your volume of things, right? In my brain, in my wacky brain, I was envisioning someone, you know, fishing in a small lake, right? So the rod is the phone, the small lake is TikTok, right? Even though it's a big lake. But then you get that fish on the rod. In my brain, I was then taking that fish and dumping it into my large ocean or my large volume of content. For me, that was how I kind of equated, I'm going to get my lead, I'm going to take them, and I'm going to dump them into where I know I can reach them, own them via the email list, and then monetize them. And I think there is just too many people who think that they can have a lake that's not as big as the lake that you're trying to get people from. You have to have that volume in order to properly monetize it. And for our listeners, you heard Miles say, you can't just skip over the processes and just, it won't work. The cliff will show up at some point and you're gonna go, oh shit, you know, I, I skipped that and now that year is wasted where I just should have went another 18 months or whatever to get where I had to be. 
we talk about the content funnel a lot. And I think a lot of what he described about the interplay between, you know, these big audience platforms and then your email list where you go deeper, short form video versus long form video. I think a lot of this is if you visualize the funnel, you know, the TikToks, the Twitters of the world, they're at the top of the funnel. You're capturing attention. You're able to tap into this massive, massive fire hose of people. And to your point, you're just pulling out a fish at a time, right? And that's okay. And then you drive them a little lower in the funnel. And then maybe you're giving them step two in the funnel is a free video or something more in depth. And then step three is you get down where it gets real narrow is where you're hitting them with an affiliate offer and you're get somewhere along that way. You want to capture their information so you can then run them back through it when you have something new to talk about. And, you know, he's very much in the tactical digital marketing game, but this applies to anyone with an audience. You know, take Jessica from you did what with your wiener.com, right? You could leverage social to capture people who are interested in, in dachshunds because she talked about dachshunds, right? And then you push them down a little further and then they go to your blog and they read your blog post. And somewhere along there, you get their email. And now you communicate with them more deeply, more narrowly at the bottom of the funnel. And then that's where when you show them an affiliate offer or a product you want to sell them or an event you want them to go to, you've now like vetted these people three times. And even if it's a hundred or, you know, a thousand people, that's where you get that lifelong residual income because you have a true, a true audience. You know, Miles is so strategic. And, you know, if you watch his videos, he really does, you know, he A-B tests everything. I'm sure there's a lot of quantitative analysis going on. I don't think everyone needs to get that systematic about it, but just taking those learnings and understanding it is huge. I also think if there's a, for our listeners out there who may be like just on new to the journey, right? If there's an aspect of whatever your journey is or whatever it is you're trying to build your business around that you really feel like you have a good grasp on, I would duplicate what Miles has done, look at what Pat Flynn has done over the years. People are looking for free information. And if you can put that together and show that you truly are an expert in it, you, know, you can't fake that. You got to be the guy or the girl. You will be able to build an audience and building that audience is the key. And then you can figure out your best ways to monetize. But I really do think that is something that more people should be keying in on is that in this wacky time frame that we're in, free works. And I'm not talking about like freemium. You know, I'm not talking about free. You know something, do it. What we're doing here on the podcast, we know something, we're providing it. And we know that we will grow an audience by providing that information on how to be successful in monetizing your audience. Yeah. And it's so much, you know, you talk about skipping the steps and we're trying to kind of connect all these things. But when you talk about skipping these steps, you heard he, he doesn't really want to take ad money on the YouTube videos. He just wants to give it away because it's worth more. And if you listen, what were his two biggest drivers? They sell a product on the meditation side and it's mostly affiliate on his Miles Beckler side, right? Notice what you did not hear yet again from yet another guest. You didn't hear I take ad, you know, oh my God, the ad rates are so good. The YouTube ads are great. I have two great sponsors. Almost no one we've talked to really relies solely on just ad networks or direct sponsors. Maybe Nick, the weather guy, but he's in such a local market where he could, he can monetize. But so you're seeing this pattern and it matches, you know, our assumption as well. You very rarely see that. And why is that? Yeah, he could monetize these videos and that information, or he could just sell it straight away. But you're never going to get the loyalty. You're going to shut yourself off from all the different ways that you can monetize people in the future and build a sustainable business. 
And you're, it's going to be very difficult to get that compound growth if it's clear you're just in it for a short-term money grab. You're charging $500 for a course right away without getting that allegiance, or you know, you're just inundating things with ads and people can't tell where you're being genuine and where you're being full of shit. You know, and I think that all dovetails into the compound growth rate thing. You know, we joke about it. We tell people to tell two friends, but there's a reason we do that. If we had two listeners yesterday and they could bring on two more, we got four tomorrow. And, you know, it doesn't sound like a lot, but if you have 5,000 listeners and they're all telling two people within like two months, you know, you're in the, you're in the millions, right? I haven't done the math on it, but there's a reason and that works. And he, I think he laid it out so well that he went from 400 to 1600 to tens of thousands of views very quickly. So things happen slowly and then all at once. Yeah, we, we had made a comment today that we were very happy to see our listenership numbers yesterday for the new pod. And we had said, hey, you know, if you had told us that that would have been that number back when we started last spring, we would have been pretty pumped. You know, so you're starting to see it. It's consistency. And everyone who listens knows that we dropped the ball a little bit over the summer with being consistent. But now, look out, we're Mr. and Mr. Consistency. <laughs> Cal Ripken here, just every day showing up. The other thing I want people to take away from this, I said it in the beginning, but it was very genuine. I emailed Miles a few months ago and said, you know, your videos helped me. It's not BS. I didn't know. I never really thought much about strategic SEO. I didn't even think much about it. We had a local audience. We were able to grow through word of mouth, some viral posts, but it wasn't like, you know, this wasn't fleeting stuff. This was eight years of doing it every single day. And just our compound growth of people saying, hey, this is a cool website about Philly sports. This is a cool website. Over the years, we built up an audience of hundreds of thousands, but I never thought about, hey, how can I bring in new people? And then when I had, when this business opportunity of this huge affiliate opportunity around sports betting showed up, it was like, okay, well, we could just push this to our audience. But if we get serious and strategic about the search side and the funnels and conversion, you're talking big bucks. Now, you and I partnered about a year later and, you know, you brought a lot of that expertise I didn't have. But for that year, I was consuming his stuff and it made a, a genuine difference. And the point is stuff you see and consume from the right people can help. It's not always all bullshit. And if you go to Miles' website, you'll see a, a blurred out version of the email I sent him. And what's interesting is the template I used for that email, some of the people listening to this probably heard of, uh, my first million pod with Sam Parr and uh, Sean Puri. And I actually took Sean's writing course. After listening to that podcast for a year, he had a thousand dollar strategic writing course. It was, it was a thousand bucks for about six hours of like one-on-one -on -one in a small group on Zoom instruction. And one of the things was how to write an effective email to get basically anyone's attention. The email that you see on Miles' website, I used that template to email Miles to get him on our show. So, you know, the journey there is consumed Miles, his info, put it in the practice, it worked, and then took info from someone else who, you know, his information I found good and respect, put that in the practice, to get Miles' attention to basically come on this show. You know, if you follow the right people, and you know, there's a lot of charlatans out there, and hopefully the audience doesn't view us as ones, right? But if you follow the right people and you take the right info, you can actually get real results. You just got to know how to filter between the BS and, and what's actually good. Yeah, it's probably a nice little thing that we could do in the future maybe is to have a pod or even just a list on Twitter uh, listing out some of the, you know, the true experts in the area, but people you can actually access, you know, not, not someone who's way too high up, but I think that could be very helpful to the audience too. 
you know, we should try and stump each other. You know, you and I, you know, we follow a lot of the same people. We're kind of in the same circle. We should try and bring, you know, we should almost have like a draft and see if we could surprise somebody, you know, someone you've never heard of or I've never heard of that you follow or consume or listen to. It's a really good idea. That would be good because we do that a lot in the office. You know, we'll, we'll throw a name out there and you'll be like, oh, I never heard of this guy. Yeah, no, it's a great idea. The other thing we should do is we had a, another call with a, a listener this week. And my thought is we should record these right? We had about a 30 minute call yesterday with a listener kind of going into to his business. And my thought at the time was like, man, we should see if we could hit the record button and make these like mini episodes because they're like these like mini sessions, you know, not quite the level of the full guest interview, but we're breaking down. Someone's got a problem. They want our input. So, you know, I guess this is a good spot to say, reach out to us, contact us on Twitter at Monetize Media HQ, Kyle Scott L on Twitter, J Zernick, Z-I-E-R-N-I-C-K for you. Tag any of those. Tell two friends, right? If you tell us you told two friends and you tag those friends, you can get some of our time. And if you want us to kind of deep dive into your content business, we're happy to offer up, you know, 20, 30 minutes of our time. And frankly, we'd love to record it and make those mini shows here in the feed. I think it'd be interesting. And then I'm also going to drop the seed one more time, a little teaser, you know, stay tuned, coming soon. You know, Kyle and I are going to start going through, we're building a new business and there's going to be a lot of learnings that we're going to be sharing and hopefully some success stories there as well. So that is coming. We are cultivating this and we want to bring it in the, uh, the right way as kind of like an additional thread to the monetized media podcast. So coming soon, going to keep dropping those teasers. Yeah, that's pretty good. So, so we'll keep with the weekly cadence of interviews and then layer on, you know, maybe some of these additional things that will be valuable for the audience. I, Jason, what should someone do if they like the show? Well, they should give us a five-star rating. It would be really, wherever you listen to your favorite podcast, just, it takes a second, just tap the phone, five-star rating. If you want to leave a note, leave a note. That'd be even better. But make sure to tag two friends too, like Kyle said. Well, you know how these things start. One guy tells another guy something, and then he tells two friends, and they tell two friends, and they tell their friends, and so on, and so on, and so on. You know how these things go. By the way, Miles described exactly how these things go when he talked about his YouTube channel. That's why we do this for your audience, whatever you're working on out there, stick with it and trust that the consistency and the compound growth will yield opportunities slowly and then all at once. And you follow some of the tactics you heard here, uh, you can build yourself a pretty sustainable business. Thanks for listening. See you. 